The Denver Nuggets are in the NBA Finals, and there is a big lesson the New Orleans Pelicans could learn from them if they want to have the same type of success. I'll tell you what it is in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, and we are going to compare the Pelicans to the Denver Nuggets, or really, there's a lesson to take away from the Denver Nuggets and their run this year specifically this year, not other years, because they've never made the finals before. Keep that in mind. We're going to look at what the Pelicans can learn from that Denver Nuggets team. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to you like this. Giving you the topics you want to hear, the draft previews, the mock draft that we're going to do with the Lockdown Network, something only Lockdown, your team every day, can do. And of course, looking at building a new arena like yesterday and today, looking at lessons learned from the Denver Nuggets, a deep dive on that team. I normally take about like 40 words worth of notes, something like that before each show. It's usually the cold open. Then segment one is this, segment two is this, segment three is this. I wrote 750 words or so for this. So you know, no one else comes to you like this. That's why I always say it. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Follow along on YouTube. If you want to support the channel, become an everydayer and comment down below. So the lesson for the Pelicans to take away from the Denver Nuggets, one word, patience. Patience, like the Guns N' Roses song. Not saying you personally need to have it, and we'll look at the Boston Celtics and kind of contrast that a little bit too uh, coming up in the show, but if you look at the Denver Nuggets, patience has paid off for them big time. Look at their playoff history from when they started on this run. If you go to the 27-2018 season, they missed getting into the postseason by one game. Pre-bubble, they lost in the second round. The bubble, they made a run to the conference finals, lost to the Lakers. Next year, they lost in the second round. Last year, they lost in the first round, and now they're in the NBA finals. It could have been very easy to give up on that team. It looked like for about four or five years that they weren't going anywhere. And worst of all, They were having injury issues. Jamal Murray, not playing games. Michael Porter Jr., not playing games. But four years after basically having very disappointing playoff series, they broke through and made the NBA Finals, overcame the injury issues, and all of that. Shows you patience pays off. Jamal Murray, the hero of the conference finals for the Denver Nuggets, missed a whole season. Wasn't really healthy last year either in route to them not doing anything in the postseason. And Michael Malone, speaking to The Athletic, said this, quote, I remember Tim Conley, their their president of basketball operations, their GM, calling me up and saying, hey, we can trade Jamal for this guy. This was probably three or four years ago, and it was a marquee player. I said, no, like, 
What? Let's not rush this. We have a patient ownership group. Let's not effing take, uh, let's effing take our time and build this the right way. A bigger name is not always better. End quote. I love that. This was a guy that came into the league in Jamal Murray in, you know, seventh pick, Pelicans passed on him. By the way, if you want to know why the Pelicans passed on him, if you go back to the pandemic, I gave you the inside scoop on that. I know the story of why the Pelicans took Buddy Heald instead of Jamal Murray, and I told it on a show. It has to do with the draft workout. He, um, so go listen to that one. It's pre-YouTube. This is pretty old at this point. But Jamal Murray wasn't lighting it up, you know, the first or second year there, even the third year. And then he struggled with injuries for a couple of seasons, including not playing at all because of an ACL tear. And yet, with patience, they come back and make the NBA Finals, and he was a hero for them, not giving up on a guy too soon. You need me to spell it out for you? I can in a little, in a minute or two here. You know, look at Michael Porter Jr., who only played nine games last season. He didn't play his rookie year either. He was key for him this postseason. It's a very similar situation to the Pelicans. When healthy, the Pelicans are good. When the Denver Nuggets were good before this, or when the Denver Nuggets were healthy before this, they knew they were good too. That run to the Western Conference Finals in the bubble. And Michael Malone realized that. And he says, again, speaking to the athletics, says, quote, I think this group realized that. When healthy, and that's emphasized in this, we have a chance to do something really special. I think all the guys on our team, especially the core guys, really appreciate it, that it's the NBA and it's a business, but we have a collegiate family type of atmosphere and all and guys have all improved here. I think they realize the grass is not always greener. You know what I mean? It's not always greener. And I think Nicola realizes that. Okay, I'm playing for a franchise that has made me their guy and built everything around me. Jamal Murray, the amount of growth and maturity is just incredible. Our guys aren't leaving to go here or there. Our thing is organic. It's real. And guys have bought into that. And that's why, now that we're healthy, I think we're back to showing everyone what we're capable of, end quote. There's a valuable lesson with that. When you look at the Denver Nuggets, we'll talk more about this in the next segment and in the third segment as well. Their familiarity with one another, their longevity with one another has led them to have the type of chemistry that looks elite out there on the court. And it was one of the reasons why they're kind of marauding through the the, the playoffs right now. They've looked like the best team. They looked like the best team in the West all year, except for when the Pelicans were first. So you look at that and they could have pulled the plug. You could have said, okay, four straight years of not doing anything. It's time to trade Jamal Murray, especially after the injuries, right? It's, it hasn't worked with Jokic as our centerpiece. So maybe we trade him when they stuck with it and knew what they had in their guys knew they could come back from those kind of injuries. They did, and now look at where they are in the finals for the first time ever and going to be a heavy favorite going into the finals, regardless of whether they're playing the Miami Heat, the presumptive opponent, or the Boston Celtics. Denver looks good. They look really good. And it's because of that patience with the players and bringing those guys along. You know, you you, you hear that word maturity there when Michael Malone was talking about Jamal Murray saying the amount of growth and maturity, it's just incredible. It takes a little bit sometimes. Zion needs that. He needs way more maturity, but we've seen the flashes that he's capable of doing that. And when you see the Denver Nuggets make the finals, kind of constantly turning the roster over doesn't always work. There is a lesson to be had there. I'm not saying that that's necessarily that it's necessarily wrong in turning the roster over and doing that, but 
This is a path that has worked for the Denver Nuggets and they pulled the plug on Jamal Murray or even Michael Malone too early, they wouldn't be here. And speaking of Michael Malone, that patience applies to the coaching staff too. Let's get into that one coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans because there's a big lesson learned there. I also want to take a quick little look at the Boston Celtics and then later the Miami Heat as well, the three teams still playing in the postseason. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by eBay Motors. If you're working on your vehicle, you want to make sure every part fits just right. I work on all of my vehicles. I have an old car I'm restoring. Recently threw new brakes on. I actually just ordered a bunch of parts from eBay Motors. A bunch of parts for the interior of like the door panel. The door panel comes off and all the inner workings there for the lock mechanisms and all of that. Just order those. Those better fit, otherwise that door is not going to open. But with eBay's guaranteed fit, I know every part is going to fit just right the first time around. And it's super easy. You just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. It's easy to get your car back on the road when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. Even in the offseason right now, no one else comes to you like this except Locked On. Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On tomorrow's show, another draft prospect. Help me pick the one. Let me know in the comments down below who you want to hear profiled on tomorrow's show. Bryce Sensabaugh was leading. We could, we could take him. If someone's got a real good one up there, keep him in the range of 14 or so that you're seeing in mock drafts. And eventually we'll get to all of the players that you want to see. But probably going to do Bryce Sensabaugh tomorrow as I think he's an interesting prospect as well that maybe could be a breakthrough kind of guy. So if you're an everydayer, you know what's coming. So today we're talking about the Denver Nuggets and lessons the Pelicans could learn from this team. And as I said, the big lesson is patience. Patience also applies to the coaching staff. Let's go back to the 2017-2018 season, which is like forever ago at this point. This is Michael Malone's third season. They haven't made the playoffs the first two years of his tenure either. They went 33-49, and 49, then 40-42, and 42, and going into the final game of the regular season of 2017-2018, they were 46-35. and 35. They were playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, and this was essentially a play-in tournament game before the play-in tournament because... Whichever team won was making the postseason. Whichever team lost was going to finish ninth and miss out. And, well, the Denver Nuggets lost that game 112-106 in overtime. They missed the postseason by one game. And it would have been easy to do the knee-jerk thing and fire Michael Malone at the end of his third season being that close, but not being able to win that final game. Like, come on, you know, you go, it's when you get in and you can't do it. That's a very disappointing feeling. Think about how we felt when the Pelicans lost at home in the play-in tournament to the, uh, to the, who was it? The Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, they were on the road in that game, but still. Minnesota, really? They could have easily fired Michael Malone. A guy who had been a head coach previously and by the way 24 games into his second season as the Kings head coach was fired but having patience right now looking at it paid off the next year they got into the postseason and they've made it five straight postseasons now that they're playing and now they're making their first NBA finals appearance you know after making four 
playoff appearances, you could easily have said, well, he's not the guy that's going to get us over the hump, so we need it, we feel we're close. We're going to bring in a new head coach. They didn't do that. They kept with the guy that they thought was the right one, and it really paid off. Look at Sacramento, firing him 24 games into his second year. Did that do the Kings any good? And when you look at the Denver Nuggets, one of their strengths is this longevity. Building together, the chemistry, everybody improving. Malone even improved. There were some serious issues he had with rotations and things like that at the beginning part of his tenure in Denver. You know, look at the Boston Celtics, who are going to lose eventually to the Miami Heat, we, we presume, maybe tonight when you're listening to this. And they've got a first-year head coach in Joe Missoula, and people want them to fire him. They're in the conference finals. They're struggling, and he's made some big mistakes. But if they got this far with him, who is a very inexperienced head coach, he'd never had front-of-bench experience, imagine how far they could go if he starts to get better and improve. And growth and progression and improvement doesn't just apply to players. It applies to coaches, too. So look at this with Willie Green. Made a lot of mistakes this year. Will he learn from them and be better? If he is, this team's going to be in position to win more games than they did this past season, which was a winning record, albeit in a disappointing season. But that knee-jerk reaction to let's just change everything, that going to do you any good? Does that do any team any good, really? And I think the answer to that is no. I'm not saying that it will absolutely work out for Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum and the rest of the squad. And we'll look at this more coming up in the third segment too and really how all of this applies. And I want to take kind of like the skeptic angle on this. But patience has been a very big thing. I'm not going to say patience is a virtue. But it's been a very big thing for the Denver Nuggets, and it's part of the reason why they're here. When you look at everything they've gone through the past couple of years, if, if they were going through that this year and we're more online or whatever it was, or they were a big market team, it would have been trade Jamal Murray's hurt, can't get healthy, don't do this. Same for Michael Porter Jr. You gave him that max deal that looks crazy, doesn't look crazy now. You didn't fire Michael Malone after three years not making the playoffs, after four years with kind of disappointing results in the postseason. You didn't fire him to try and bring someone else in. Look at Monty Williams getting fired. Look at Coach Bud, uh, Mike Budenholzer being fired, Nick Nurse being fired. Doc Rivers probably should have been fired. But the other three, maybe not. Although I think there's an argument to be made for all of them being let go as well. But are they really going to bring in a better head coach? Maybe. I think these moves are done with some of these coaches because you're not turning over those rosters. So if you want to make a change, it's going to be with the head coach. And maybe that's what does it. And it happens on occasion. Nick Nurse won titles first year, but that probably had more to do with Kawhi Leonard and the players than anything else. And there was already a solid, solid team there. So I don't know if changing the roster, trading everybody, firing the coaching staff and all that is really going to do you any good. And look, I can point to one big example right now of where that was a huge strength. And that's the Denver Nuggets. And they're playing in the finals and teams, other teams, aren't. As I said, there's a lesson here. I can't guarantee you it will work for New Orleans. And if you want to trade players, you want to fire the coaches, that's within your right. I don't think firing the coach is the move. You want to trade Zion or B.I. I, I actually get the logic on all of that. I totally understand that. So I'm not saying you're wrong. And we'll find out way in the future, what the correct decision would have, should have been, but that you only get that benefit with hindsight. So 
We don't know now, but Denver kind of lined up for trade that guy, trade the other guy, fire the head coach, blow it all up. And they didn't do any of that. And they were very calculated when they went in with a big move, which was for Aaron Gordon, who's been good and at times not great for them, but predominantly good. And kind of looking at just waiting for the right opportunity with some patience really paid off. And now they're in their first NBA Finals in franchise history. And I would love to see the Pelicans, even to lose the NBA Finals, just to be in it. How cool would that be? How cool would that be? You blow it all up this offseason or next, I don't think you're going to end up getting there anytime soon. I want to look at that a little bit more. Anytime soon, because are you going to get better stuff, right? So the question is, how does this apply to the Pelicans? And I, and I hear you, skeptical Pelicans fan here, saying, well... Some of those guys, the key guys, never got hurt for the Denver Nuggets. You're right. Let's take a look at that and how this truly applies to the Pelicans coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Exclusively part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we're going to probably look at Bryce Sensabaugh. I might, I might change it up. Could be Cody Bufkin, too, a guy I'm really, really high on, but I might want to save that one for Monday. So we'll look at another prospect. Let me know who you want to hear in the comments down below on YouTube or on Twitter, at Nola Jake. If you want to support the channel, you don't need to give me money. Just Become an everydayer. Watch or listen every day and comment down below on YouTube. Even if you just want to say hi, I look at all of the comments and I appreciate what everyone has to say, even if you don't agree. Do you think there's a lesson to be learned from how the Denver Nuggets have handled this with patience or is your patience just running thin? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. So how's this apply to the Pels? Right? Like it's simple. Look, Look at the Nuggets. They got they improved, right? That's very cool. And then the skeptics over here, you know, saying, well, Jake, but Denver, uh, Nikola Jokic was never seriously injured. That's kind of key. And I say, yeah. So the skeptic goes, so maybe this doesn't apply, right? Yes and no. Certainly if none of these guys got healthy for them, we wouldn't be talking about this. If Jamal Murray never got healthy, if Michael Porter Jr. never put it all together and got healthy, we wouldn't be talking about them because they wouldn't be in the NBA Finals. Really as simple as that. So it comes down to, do you think Zion can get healthy? Do you think Brandon Ingram can be healthy? I think they can. I look at Zion's hamstring injury. I don't think how long it took for him to come back was due to the immaturity necessarily he had a setback that that really screwed things up when he was by all accounts on the path there and maybe the setback had kind of a mental effect with it where you kind of just give up after that because you're so defeated could be we've seen him come into the season in tremendous shape I had someone recently be like I didn't think he looked good I didn't think he was in shape at the start of the season yeah he was he absolutely was and he looked amazing, and he was playing at an All-NBA level. If he'd, play, if he'd been healthy all year, he would have been first or second team All-NBA. He was that good. So he's capable of doing it. It's the maturity when things get tough. That's, I think, the biggest thing. When there is an injury, when there is a setback, can you handle it? And it took Jamal Murray a couple of years. It took Michael Porter Jr. a couple of years to put it all together. They're different people than Zion. Maybe you feel that Zion can't and then you want to trade him. And I get it. I think there's evidence to say that this could 
potentially work, right? This isn't like year six or seven. You know, the Boston Celtics are in year six. And if they don't get over this hump, you're like, eh. I think it's too early to blow them up, but I think you're maybe a year away from having that discussion, which means you're probably two years away from blowing it up. But that's not what the Pelicans have, right? When you look at the Nuggets, it would have been too early to blow it up because you lost two years because of injury issues to guys on that team. And that's big. So the Pelicans haven't really even started their window. And someone on Twitter, or it was on one of the co- uh, one of the comments in one of the live shows we did, where they said, like, when is the Pelicans window open or how long is it open for? And I really like that question. And we'll look at that. You could argue though, that it hasn't really opened yet. And it's going to open maybe, maybe, put maybe in, in like parentheses there, Zion and BI get healthy. I still think there's reason to think that they will And we've seen how good this team can be when they are healthy. But maybe you think they won't. So is there a different way? Someone asked me this on Twitter, and I don't have your name here, and I'm sorry for that. And they said, you know, maybe the lesson shouldn't be from the Denver Nuggets. It should be lessons from the Miami Heat, because look at their undrafted success. I don't think so fully. I did a show a couple weeks ago on what is the Pelicans culture and really looked at the Miami Heat and how they've built that culture there. You know, they have an established veteran who's a strong locker room presence who's been there for 20 years in Udonis Haslam. That's important. Their head coach, by the way, 15 years there too. So they've had a lot of people with long tenures there that are able to kind of build that locker room. You want to have a culture? You can't keep firing head coaches and bringing new people in. But the Heat, with their undrafted success, is something the Pugans are already doing. Look at some of these guys. Herb Jones in the second round, right? Second rounders and on. Just ignore first rounders for a second. You know, Jose Alvarado, Najee Marshall, before that, Kenrich Williams. We go on and on with some of these guys. Even Trey Murphy was 17. You don't normally get as impactful of a player as him at 17 overall. Nikhil Alexander-Walker was 17. And I was never on Naw Island. And when you look at the Heat, they're not driven by those undrafted guys. They're driven by Jimmy Butler, who was a free agent and forced his way through a sign-in trade to the Miami Heat, right? He wanted to go play for Miami, their free agent destination. That's not the case here. He's the core, not the undrafted guys. Without him, that team is just blah. Before he got there, after LeBron left, I don't think they made the playoffs at all. So having a star player is key, and the Pelicans have that. And you're not going to trade... Ingram or Zion for others who raise your ceiling more than them. Maybe raises your floor. You could trade Zion for parts, Ingram for parts that get you into the postseason every single year, but you're never going to win a title because you need a better player. Zion's the guy who can win you a title. B.I. can be a very, very, very good player. I don't know if he's ever going to be like the best player on a title team. Zion has the makings of that. They just all got to be healthy. I just think they're capable of doing it. And I'm also reluctant to give up on those guys because I just don't think you're going to get any players better than them. You'd be relying on drafting somebody with the picks that you'd get for trading Zion for someone else and picks. And are you really going to draft another Zion Williamson? Probably not. Not with someone with that much talent. So when you look at all of this, maybe the model is to kind of follow the Denver Nuggets. The question then just simply becomes... Do the Pelicans have enough patience? Do you have enough patience? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. So the big takeaway, one word, patience. I think, look at Denver. They went through everything you could do 
everything they went through, it looked like you could say, pull the plug, trade everybody, all of this. They didn't. And now they're in their first NBA finals and they look set for coming years. They're probably going to win the NBA finals. So I am thinking that maybe that's the route the Pelicans need to go. So we're going to look at another prospect in tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Pelicans. Let me know what you think. Should the Pelicans have patience with Zion and BI or do they need to make a move? Did I sway you at all in today's show? And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.